You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Hey, let's celebrate moms. Hey, great being with you guys. My name's Ryan. For those of you that are new, so glad that you decided to join us. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. Either you have a mom or you are a mom. So we're going to honor moms today. So, hey, great being with you. This morning, I woke up this morning and you would have thought I forgot it was Mother's Day and I'm preaching on it. So um, I woke up this morning, took my dog on a run. I got a sweet little, cute little... English pointer, and uh, she's got tons of energy. Take her on a run this morning, and I get back, and it's my normal routine where I wake up early on Sunday, just pray, prep, study, reflect, get ready for the message. Well, it was Mother's Day. You would have thought I would have, like, done something special for my wife. And so I come in, and uh, my wife's sitting on the couch, and it's about six o'clock in the morning, and she says to me, good morning, and I said, good morning. And, uh, and then I go, oh, happy Mother's Day. She goes, good. I'm glad you said that. I was like, good, yes, thank you. And then, uh, so I, I get ready, and then she says to me, she's become so emotionally healthy, um, she says to me as I go get ready for the rest of the day, she pauses and she says, hey, sweetie, can we talk for a minute? And I'm like, I, I gotta, I'm like, get, this is my time to study and get ready. She says, uh, I was a little disappointed that you didn't make coffee for me this morning. You woke up a little extra early, and I was thinking you were going to make coffee for me and said you went on a run with your dog. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry, sweetie. Happy, happy Mother's Day. I, I, the plans are tonight, I promise you. So we did have plans that are all tonight. Anyway, long story short, then she says to me, um, well, I, you can make it up to me by just making me breakfast. I said, great, real quick. I'll make you some quick eggs or something. And she goes, I'd like some omelets. I'm like with lots of vegetables, right? And she's like, lots of vegetables, dice my onions. So I did that this morning and uh, she had a great breakfast. So it was awesome. And uh, so if my message comes out a little rusty, I was cooking omelets, okay? So hey, this morning we are in a message uh, series, and, uh, but we've kind of pushed it and positioned it to connect with, with moms. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, uh, Philippians 4.8, this is what he said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. There's no greater, I think, way to think about honor and honorable things than to think about moms. So I want to take our time this morning to help us uh, get ready to honor all the moms in our lives, and uh, for those of you that are a mom. So let me pray for us, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for the church. Thank you for life. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for moms and uh, showing your love through motherly love. We pray now that your scripture would guide us, inform us, conform us, encourage us, correct us, Uh, strengthen us, and uh, Lord, that we might live and walk out of here with a greater sense of joy, greater sense of peace, and a greater sense of love. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, listen, I know Mother's Day can bring a big mix of emotions for many moms and for many women. Those are, there are those here that are anticipating the birth of a first child, and you're nervous. There are single moms um, who've been given it all you've got, 
And I'd like to pause for a moment and just say, what if, what if we just get rid of the term single mom and just call you a bonus mom, okay? The kid is a bonus, and, and uh, there are single moms, and then there's stepmoms. The stepmoms are the bonus moms, too. The bonus mom meaning they get a, they get a kid. And uh, there are adoptive moms wondering if they can make it. There are those that have lost a mother, and they're, today they're faced with incredible grief. There are moms here who are encountering feelings of hurt and sadness because maybe the kid is turned away from the Lord, running from God, and you're reminded of that today. There are those here that are overwhelmed with pain because they lost their mom or maybe lost a child, and there's pain here today. But I can tell you this, no matter where you find yourself on this Mother's Day, you can turn towards God and find His love and peace and joy today. So what I'd like to do to get us started is to look at a case study of the best mom in the world. And I think that's Mary. Uh, in culture, we've tended to either make way too much of Mary and go so far to even adore, pray, or worship her. And then we've gone on the other pendulum swing where we just ignore her, like she's just a regular old person and nothing super special. I think Mary is to be incredibly honored, and let's look at her life and how she receives an angelic announcement that she's going to be mother of the Messiah. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, Luke is a historian, he is a physician, and he captures the details that we need to know about, about this great news that, about the best mom in the world. It says in verse 26 in, in chapter 1, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Let me pause for a moment. Just a couple things to help explain the text. An angel would have been a minister or a messenger. Angels in the Bible are ministers and messengers of God. Um, Gabriel has already showed up, if you've read in your Bible in Luke chapter 1, he's already showed up and gave an incredible announcement to Zechariah and Elizabeth, some family members with, within Mary's extended family. This angel brings news to this virgin. This is a young little girl named Mary. She's perhaps, uh, scholars say, 12 to 15 years old. She's young. Um, then there's Joseph. He's a carpenter, and they are betrothed. That would have been le like a legal marriage. They're not, they haven't consummated the marriage. But if they were to get out of the relationship, it would require a divorce. So they are bound together. That is what the betrothal would mean in the first century. Verse 28, let's look at that. And Luke says that, and he came to her and said, this is what the angel says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now imagine that, you're a young teenage girl, you, you are, got this angelic encounter, and at least it sounds like it's good news. She was, though, look at what she responds, she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I can only imagine Luke, the historian, maybe uh, capturing the details of the, uh, this angelic encounter uh, years later to say, now tell me what it was like when Gabriel showed up at your house. Boom, he shows up. She's like, I was freaked out. I was troubled. It was scary. 
says that she was greatly troubled at the saying, trying to discern what in the world does this mean? Verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found what? Favor with God. That word means grace. It's this incredible, unmerited, unearned grace. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, and he will be great. The angel goes on to describe the child. The news that she'll be a mother and what the child will be like. And he will be great and he'll be called the son of the most high. That would have freaked her out right there. This is the Messiah he is talking about. She would have been calculating that. She was a good little Jewish girl anticipating, reading the scriptures, seeing, understanding the, the times And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David. She would have known about Joseph's ancestors, that he was linked and uh, connected to King David by blood. The angel goes on and says, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? A couple of things I just want to point out in uh, that interaction right there is that the angel is affirming that he, Jesus will be 100% God and 100% man. It's in theological terms, it's been called the hypostatic union. It's this incredible, uh, uh, complex reality. This is not just a half God or half man. This is a 100% God, a 100% man. And the angel said to her, picking up in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Emphasizing again his deity. Verse 36, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived a son. Mary didn't know this at this time. She's getting news. What? What? One of my relatives is pregnant. I thought she was barren. She's going to have a child? Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and in the sixth month with her, who was called barren. The angel summarizes God's work, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary's overwhelmed. Mary is in awe of how God is working. And look at her response in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Two things I just want to point out if you're a note taker, outline maker. Um, It's not on your program, but it is this. In this encounter, we see two things with Mary, an incredible mom. She's first, she's surprised. It's it's It's, I mean, it's a surprise. She's troubled. She's shocked. She's in awe. Secondly, she's surrendered. She's in surrender. She surrenders her will, not her will be done, but the Lord's will. And she says, I'm your servant. Which is, by the way, very different than the news that when Gabriel the angel gave to Zechariah that his wife, Elizabeth, who was barren, was going to have a child, Zechariah was like, what? You're joking me. She's barren. The angel's like, because of your disbelief? Bam, you can't talk for a long time. He's mute. 
Mary, on the other hand, when she has this angelic announcement that she will bear the son named Jesus, the son of God, then she responds with question two, but she responds with a sense of belief and trust. And we see that in the language right here when she says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What I want to do in our remaining time together is talk about what every mom needs to hear. Some of these uh, will relate back to Mary as a case study. Some of them will relate simply and solely to you. Um, But this is what I hear. When it comes to moms over the years at North Valley, they've come to me um, sharing their concerns or their questions, and I've sought to encourage uh, anybody who comes and seeks out questions or advice or counsel. First thing I'd like to say is that what every mom needs to hear is, number one, is that God chose you for a reason. Mary was chosen for a reason. She didn't understand it. She felt she was perhaps uneducated, unwealthy. Um, She was about to be unpopular uh, with this news that she's pregnant. But she had this divine sovereign sense that God had chosen her for a reason. Let me ask you something, Mom. Believe that. God chose you for a reason. Did you know the Bible says that children are a gift from the Lord? And that you've got to see as a mom that God chose you for a reason. You may feel that you're drowning or that you're, you've done a terrible job. Nonetheless, God chose you for a reason to be a mom. It's a holy and high calling. Here's what the Bible tells us is that, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together. All things, the good things, the bad things, the hard things, the sad things, the challenging things, the difficult wayward child, the loss of a child, all the craziness that happens in our life. God can use all things together. What does it say? For good. For those who are called according to his purpose. I remember um, years ago when Leslie uh, was pregnant. Uh, we'd just been married a couple years. And you could say the honeymoon was over and real life started setting in. And um, went to the doctor. The doctor said, I'll be the first to tell you when they were doing that ultrasound with that jelly on the belly doing that thing. And, and they said, I'll be the first to tell you, you're having twins. And I was like, <laughs> whatever. And uh, my wife like starts getting really nervous because we were not planning on twins. We, I felt like I was a, an inexperienced husband, much less like now I'm going to be a, a father of twins. And I asked the doctor, I said, look, before we get too, 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 too worked up here, my wife looks like she's tearing up. She's very nervous right now. Could we please get a second opinion? <laughs> and, uh, and the doctor looked at me and put the little jelly gun down and looked at me and said, I am the second opinion. And I said, okay, cool, cool. And, uh, and then I start crying, you know, because <laughs> I feel overwhelmed. How could God do this? God chose us for a reason. Did you know, I don't know, part of Leslie's story is powerful, but, you know, she, that delivery, the birth of those kids was so redemptive for her and for me. 
that God would entrust us with two precious biological kids. I want to tell you, mom, that God chose you for a reason, and some of it may be planned for you on your perspective or unplanned, but I assure you of this, it was on purpose. God has a great purpose for your role as a mother, whether how lousy you feel or how good you feel you're doing, God doesn't make mistakes. There's a season in life where you kind of wonder, do I still have the influence in my life or in the life of my child? As a father, I ask this question as my kids get older. Maybe as a mother, you ask that question as you see your kids grow older. Whether you're an empty nester or whether you're a brand new parent, I want to talk to you about the, the, the role and the reason and responsibility that you have in each stage of life. When the child is little, you're the caregiver. I mean, you wipe your butt, you clean them, you feed them, you do all sorts of things. And really, it's all going to end there anyway. I mean, we're going to constantly be doing caregiving, the beginning of life and the end of life. But you start there, and then as the child gets older, you become the teacher. You teach them everything. As a dad, I teach my kid how to ride the bike, and I'm like, woo, go. And then they... And we say, get up, you're okay. <laughs> no matter what, you're okay. You're the teacher, mom, when the child gets older. And then later in life when the kids are maybe in, in uh, getting out of, out of school, and going to college, you become their coach. And you just coach them because they think they know everything, right? And so you just coach them. And then they go and they graduate and they get married and then you should become the consultant. You have a role. You have a responsibility. You, you still serve. You stay as a consultant and you let your kid come back to you and then you give them advice. You don't go chase them down because they don't need a coach. They don't need a teacher. They don't need a caregiver. They need to be taught how to be completely independent of us and completely dependent upon God. And later in life, where I'm at now, I'm 40 years old, and uh, my, my mom is my friend. And uh, I love my mom. She's my friend. You always have a space and a place in the life of your child. God chose you for a reason. Don't ever forget that. Secondly, I want to just point out, I hear this all the time. I feel terribly overwhelmed. What every mom needs to hear is that it's okay to be overwhelmed. Mary was overwhelmed. She was greatly troubled. And she was the mother of Jesus. It's okay to be overwhelmed. In fact, the angel brings reassurance as a messenger and a minister of God. Look what the angel said to Mary. Hey, listen, nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's the posture I think every mom ought to seek to emulate from Mary. Whatever happens in your life, whatever unplanned news, whatever uh, difficult circumstance or situation you find yourself in, repeat these words. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word, God. It's hands that are open, not closed. It's saying, Lord, you're in charge. You're the king. I'm the servant. I will do what you want me to do. The reality is, is that when we feel overwhelmed, we need help. And God, in this case, with Mary, brought an angel. 
What about for you? What do you need when you feel overwhelmed? I'd encourage you with two practical opportunities to find encouragement is what you need. You need encouragement from other people. When you feel overwhelmed, say, hey, I've been there before. Hey, I'm going through this right now. Or, hey, I want to be here. I've never gone through that, but I want to be here to pray for you, encourage you, support you. Two opportunities. First is neighborhood groups. Guys, I'd encourage you. This is where you, you take notes. This is where you write things down. Get into a neighborhood group. That's a great opportunity for you to grow when you're feeling well overwhelmed and, and frustrated or uh, need help and encouragement. Don't do life alone. A lot of guys go through life without any friends. This is an opportunity for you to, to make those friendships for my dads and moms and singles for everybody. The second thing is an opportunity uh, is a women's tea. Um, ladies are getting together, having a women's tea. I want to encourage you. You need encouragement. You need to be support. You need friends to make it through what you're going through. Now, at this women's spring tea, it looks like there's going to be some wonderful tea, but I will not be there. Just, just for the ladies. All right. Uh, additionally, I'd like to encourage you that what every mom needs to hear is, in a, is the comparison game. The Apostle Paul says this in Galatians. He says, don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. Why does he say that? Well, the Apostle Paul very clearly understands the Old Testament, the New Testament, how the Old Testament played into the New Testament. And he's, got, he's perhaps the, the most brilliant theologian that ever walked the earth. Um, he would have understood in, in the very beginning when God created man and he created woman and the two leave their families and come together, they cleave, they leave, they cleave, they become one flesh and they become their own family, their own identity, their unique identity. Listen, you're going to have advice, if you want to call it that. You're going to have counsel, if you want to call it that. Or you might want to just call it criticism as a parent. As a mom, you're going to have the voice of your in-laws. You're going to have the voice of your parents constantly telling you what to do. You're going to feel the pressure of other moms, of comparison. And you need to hold tight with the Old Testament and the New Testament theology that you are your own household. When you and your, you and your house can serve the Lord. It is your decisions, it is your faith that you need to build your family together. You learn from the past, you learn from your family, but you understand ultimately you're accountable to the Lord. We compare all the time though. As a young mom, I hear this comparison all the time. Do you bottle feed your children? Do you nurse your child? Does your child sleep in the crib? Does your child sleep in the bed with you? Does your child sleep outside? Does your kid go to public school? Does your kid go to private school? And then when you hear somebody say that, and they go, uh-huh, uh, uh. Does your kid homeschool? Oh, homeschool. You compare yourself. Do, you, do your kids involved in sports? Are they science? Are they jocks? Are they geeks? Do you drive a minivan? Do you drive an SUV? We compare ourselves. Don't compare. Do you shop at Whole Foods? You shop at Walmart. I love Walmart. I'm from, I'm from Arkansas. You got to love Walmart. Are you a workout mom? Are you a granola mom? 
I know lots of granola moms. I love granola moms, love workout moms. Are you a frumpy mom, a grumpy mom? You can be any of them. You can be you. Don't compare yourself. Don't worry about it. Do you have one kid? Do you have two kids? Do you have adoptive kids? Do you have stepkids? Let's call them bonus kids. Comparison can kill you. And it's an incredibly dangerous thing. I want to share with you a biblical example of how comparison kills. Anybody remember the story in Genesis chapter 29 and 30? You've got it there in your notes about the story of Leah and Rachel. Leah is fertile. She can have kids. Rachel, their sisters, she can't have kids. Leah was said to be weak in the eyes in suggesting that she was just plain. Nothing super spectacular about her looks. Rachel, on the other hand, she was beautiful. And they're constantly comparing each other. Rachel was loved, the beautiful one, by Jacob. Yet he was tricked into marrying the sister Leah. So there's competition, there's resentment, there's bitterness. In the book called Counterfeit Gods by Tim Keller, great book, I encourage you to pick it up. He pointed out how envy comparison kills the relationship. And then they're easily stirred up and started this idol where each of the girls were longing and looking for something to satisfy them so that they could feel love and acceptance. And so they continue on. And this, in effect, they make out an idol of wanting to be loved and accepted. Yet on the other hand, Rachel makes an idol out of having children. And then they both grow up to be bitter and resentful and angry. But then something happens. Leah's attitude began to change when she turned from her sin and stopped comparing herself to her sister and started giving thanks to God. And then the story goes along in a historical account in the book of Genesis that her last son, would, she would name him Judah. He becomes a great leader whose great descendant later is Jesus Christ. Rachel, her story doesn't end so positively. She gives birth eventually to Joseph and Benjamin, and some say that she died in childbirth, bitter and angry and resentful. My encouragement to you is to realize the, the danger of comparison. You look through the story of the prodigal son, the older son, the younger son, envy, resentment, bitterness. You look all throughout the Bible, comparison will kill you. It'll kill your relationships. So what every mom needs to hear is comparison will kill you. Be very, very careful. Additionally, I want to encourage you to realize this is that your sacrifices are honorable. The sacrifices that you make as a mom, while they may go unpraised or unseen by some, in the end, there's an acknowledgement over time that your sacrifices are recognized. This is what the writer of Proverbs says. Honor her for all that her hands have done. He's giving exhortation to the family that we should honor mom for all the things that she has done, noticing the difference that she makes. Maybe it's the house. Maybe it's the careful care for the kid. Maybe it's how she's excelling at work. Then he says, and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. In other words, there's a public recognition that will happen as you decide as a mom to simply sacrifice and serve the Lord that people will notice. 
Perhaps uh, one of the greatest commandments that would fit this message would be this commandment. It's found in Exodus, but it's also reaffirmed in the New Testament. You've heard it said before, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that, you may, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Kids, you honor your mom. Husbands, honor your mom. We always, uh, men and women, we honor our family. Honoring is something that we can do through acts of kindness, through words of affirmation, picking up the phone today and, and show that you care. Thank you. You brought me into this world. If that's the only thank you you can thank him for, thank him for that. My dad used to repeat this to me and say, son, you know, the Bible says that you're to honor your father and your mother, and this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. So honor your, honor your mom. Then he would continue to say, son, I brought you in this world, and I can take you out. Go honor your mom. So every Mother's Day, I get a little nervous, and I'm like, ah, Mom, happy Mother's Day. I already called her this morning. Got a text message from her. I'm going to text her and call her in just a little bit. One of the last ones I want to encourage you, moms, that I think that you'd need to hear as a pastor uh, is that mothering is making disciples. You know, um, when Jesus said this, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, I think it absolutely includes your investment that you make into the life of your child. Because a disciple is a follower, a student. And how are they going to go into all nations? Well, the average person in the United States goes out, outside the country all the time. Your kids could grow up and live in another country. Your kids could grow up and travel through international business in other countries. Your kids will be interacting with people from all nations because the nations are coming here. Your investment into your kid to teach him, to show him to love Jesus and follow Jesus is making disciples. I don't know of any other greater work that you could do on the planet than investing in shaping the soul of another human being that will, by the way, live forever when they trust and know and follow Jesus. Mothering is absolutely making disciples. The Old Testament affirms how that is to look. Deuteronomy 6-7 gives instruction for parents, fathers and mothers. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk with them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Those little bedtime stories go a long way. When you're with your kids and you're out and about and doing your things, you can have mo teaching moments just on the fly. But moms, you have an incredible influence. And don't ever forget that. I hope that these words have brought encouragement to you. I know you need to hear things like, I love you, I'm proud of you. But these are the things that I wanted to share with you as a pastor to moms to know that what is so important and the value that you have here in this church. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the great privilege and opportunity it is to encourage moms. 
I want to thank you for creating each mom with a unique combination of gifts and talents. Thank you for the sacrifice, the service that they've provided for their kids, for the late and long nights, for the caring and the comforting. Pray that you fill them with your love and bless them in a special way today. I especially pray for the single moms who must lean solely on you for fathering their children. Strengthen them by your spirit today. I also pray for the mothers that have never been able to bear children, but have extended their care and love to others as if they were their own. Might you bless them and reward them for their motherly love. Most of all, Lord, on this day in which we honor mothers, may we love and cherish the special women who have brought us into the world, nurtured us, prayed for our well-being. May our hearts overflow with gratitude and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.